Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 22nd day of August, 2023. Happy Tuesday to you. I'm Derek Hunter. I am your host. At the end of the program, I will be announcing the winner of the autographed book. A lot of cokeheads out there. I did not know that. But yes, the winner will be announced. And this next, the next book is actually pretty, pretty cool. You're just going to have to wait till it's two authors sign of it. One is way more famous than the other, I think, although I don't know who the second one is because I don't really follow uh, fiction. But one is an Oscar-winning actor. Some of the best movies ever, too. So you'll have to find out at the end. That's at patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com where you can sign up to enter, win these fine, fine autographs and all the other goodies. That And later on in the week, I'm going to post some pictures from my trip to Michigan. Um, it's not nothing from the memorial, but I didn't take any pictures from there. But we did other things, got some good pictures of the kids. So I will post those up as I can, uh, as I will. So uh, I want to start off with, where did that story go? Damn it. Ah, uh, you know what I hate is I hate when you go to open a tab or you go to a, go to a tab and you accidentally hit the X to close it before you can get it. But I got it back. All right. The, uh, the big debate is tomorrow night. I'm toying with the idea whether or not I want to do a debate reaction show. Maybe try and get Brian Darling to come on. That might be the way to go, except the audio quality of my microphones. My wife has a microphone I could try. I don't know if it's my computer or what the hell it is. I've just not had any good luck with quality of the audio on my end. But maybe we'll uh, we'll look into that, see how that goes. But in the lead-up to it, of course, the big story is Donald Trump is not going. Is he chickening out or is he playing it smart? I don't know. I think that politicians owe the public the opportunity to talk to them and hear out the other candidates and respond and really make a case for themselves. Trump's argument that he sh- that everybody else should drop out of the race because he's so far ahead is yeah, it's interesting i guess from a strategic standpoint it only plays with the people who absolutely love him and for everybody else it looks it looks jerky it looks pathetic it looks sad because what are you going to do in the general election you get one poll that shows you in in the lead of Joe Biden and say, well, that's it. There's no reason to have an election. You can't really whine and complain about an election being stolen and threats to democracy if and you are calling for the foregoing of it, right? And the participation of it. We're five months away from a single vote being cast in just Iowa. Iowa. So this I don't think is, a, I, just, I just don't think that Trump is up to a debate right now with this many people. I think he wants a debate with a narrower field, and he's picking it. We'll see if he actually does it. I I think that especially with – I think he wants Chris Christie out before he goes in there because he knows that Chris Christie will go after him in a way that nobody has gone after him before. And I don't think he wants to stand up to that. I don't think he wants to deal with that. He tweeted out or he put out on a social media thing – that uh, and he's got an army of like let's just pretend stop the pretending nobody's on true social or very few people are on true social that's why he has a whole bunch of people on staff the second he puts something out on true social it's their job to screen capture it and put it out on twitter 
just come back to Twitter, Mr. President. It's, you know, you can do both at the same time, but this is a little bit ridiculous. He says, new CBS poll just out has me leading the field by legendary numbers. Trump 62, 46 points above DeSanctimonious, who is crashing like an alien bird. Ramaswamy, 7%. Pence, 5%. Scott, 3%. Haley, 2%. Sloppy Chris Christie, 2%. And Asa Hutchinson, 1%. The public knows who I am and what a successful presidency I had with energy independence, strong borders, and mil- He capitalizes the worst things. Biggest ever tax and regulation cuts, no inflation, strongest economy in history, and much more. I will therefore not be doing the debates. Now, the debates is plural there. There are two debates coming up, both with associated with Fox News. He doesn't really like Fox News. He feels like they should not be, I don't know, they feel like they should be kissing his butt. But if you're going to do that, if you're going to make that argument, Trump is leading in the polls. But Trump's lead in the polls is not doing all that great, depending on which poll you use. And most polls show the gap closing a little bit. Just for example, in Iowa, the real clear politics average of polls. As of this morning, on Tuesday morning, on Wednesday morning, Monday morning, I mean, I get it right eventually, had Trump up on average by 26 points over everybody else. But a new poll from Echelon Insights of likely voters, 800 likely voters, has Trump up only by 16. The average of polls has Donald Trump at 43.2%. The latest poll out of Iowa has Trump at 33%. That is a full 10 points down. DeSantis is the same at 17 and 17 in both. Uh, Scott, Tim Scott, is at 10 and 13 in the latest poll. 10 is an average. Ramaswamy is at 5% in the average and 8% in this poll. There is movement. Those 10% didn't go to DeSantis, at least on average. Although, if you look at DeSantis, he's up in a couple of the polls, depending on them. But there is movement if you're going to take this poll seriously. And there's no reason to not take the Echelon Insights poll of 800 likely voters seriously. At least there's no more reason than you would take, say, the NBC News Des Moines Register poll seriously. You can look at that and you say, well, that's NBC News. It's biased. But it puts Trump at 42 percent. You like that one. Trump supporters, Trump. Donald Trump cites that one. So he, the Trafalgar Group, which I believe is pulling from the contracts with the Trump campaign, again, has Trump at, it's a, a week old, both of these polls are a week old, has Trump at 42%. President Trump happily cites that one as well. The New York Times Siena poll has Trump at 44%. That one's about three weeks old. Trump happily includes that one. So you have to include the new one. Now, is this an outlier? I don't know. Is this foreboding for what's to come? Who knows? We'll see if Donald Trump actually pays a price. Tucker is sitting down with, Tucker has apparently already sat down with Trump, which if he did, he should release the video. Like He should release the unedited version of the video as soon as it's ready to go, as soon as it's rendered. You shouldn't hold these things to time it, and I'll be curious. Actually, maybe I'll shoot Tucker a text and have the answer tomorrow if I get an answer, whether or not holding 
the interview for the time of the debate was part of the deal for the debate, if this already had happened. I don't know. That seems like something Tucker wouldn't do, but then you never know if it's the only way to get an interview. But what's also interesting this week is at some point, Donald Trump has to turn himself in, in Georgia, to be arraigned or whatever. And they've already set the terms for it. It'll be interesting to see if Donald Trump actually has to show up. His lawyers probably should have fought tooth and nail to make sure that he didn't have to show up because these people are ready to screw him over every way possible. They desperately, desperately, desperately want the mugshot. The The sheriff down there has promised to get the mugshot. I'd, I'd like to see the Secret Service tell that sheriff to go to hell, and uh, there'd be no way the sheriff does not have the ability to overpower the Secret Service. So that could get interesting really fast, but this is... This is one of those situations where it's so political and so politicized, even by the sheriff, by saying, I want this. We're going to get this mugshot because he's a jackass piece of crap Democrat who watches the wholesale slaughter of of citizens of Atlanta, of Fulton County, and does nothing about it. But he's going to get evil whitey. I just I hate I hate all these Democrats. But the bond is set at two hundred thousand dollars. Politico reports Donald Trump's attorneys have signed an order setting his bond on racketeering charges in Georgia at $200,000 and binding Trump to a set of rules that explicitly limits his ability to use social media to attack witnesses or co-defendants in the case. Shouldn't need any sort of conditions like that, but Donald Trump hasn't stopped himself from being a child I get it. I think he's being screwed. I think he's being railroaded. But that doesn't excuse acting like a child. It doesn't. You have to take this stuff seriously or you're going to get screwed. And oh, he's screwed already. Yeah, there's there are appeals, there are issues, there are all sorts of things that if you're and if you're trying to intimidate witnesses, if you're trying to sick an army of flying monkeys on somebody who could possibly testify in a way that you don't like you open yourself up to more charges and more charges and more charges. And there will come a point of diminishing returns, I would think, legally. Politically, it might be a benefit. His fans will stand and applaud. But legally is what matters if you at all care about legally. The three-page order signed by Georgia Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee set the conditions of Trump's pre-trial release in the case which stems from his efforts to subvert the blah, 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 2020 election. It's crap. Similar orders were issued earlier Monday to three of Trump's co-defendants, 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 uh, Sam, paging Dr. Freud, John Eastman, Keith, or Kenneth, Cheeseborough, and Scott Hall. Never heard of any of them. But Trump's included a more explicit order on witness intimidation, expressly referencing the former president's ability to use his social media platform to level attacks related to the case. Quote, the defendant shall perform no act to intimidate any person known to him or her to be a known to him or her to be a co-defendant or witness in the case or otherwise obstruct the administration of justice. End quote, according to the order which was also signed by Trump's attorney Drew Feindling, Marissa Goldberg, and Jennifer Little. That restriction also includes a prohibition on any, quote, direct or indirect threat of any nature against the community or to any property 
in the community. The above shall include but are not limited to posts on social media or reposts of posts made by another individual on social media. It can't retweet anybody or re I don't know what the hell they retruth anybody over there on social media, which he has done in the past. It'll be interesting to see because he has fans who expect him to go off and call everybody every name in the book. How will this play? Will he adhere to it? And will there be the sympathy for him if a pretty, you know, pretty common sort of request, order, it's not a request, it's an order, is violated? What if the judge holds him in contempt? What if the judge tries to hold him in contempt and say, all right, well, now you got to go spend the weekend in the joint or some military installation because you can't be put in the general population? Will that sympathy continue? At a certain point, do some supporters say, dude, just stop doing it? I'm reminded of John, I think it was John Bender was the name of Judd Nelson's character in The Breakfast Club. Or does Barry Manilow know that your rating is wardrobe? You'll find that answer next Saturday. And blah, blah, blah. Are you done? No, there's another one. I owe you for the next two months or whatever. At a certain point, you watch that scene and you're like, dude, just shut up, okay? Whatever point you were trying to make or to impress the girls or whatever, you did it. You did it. Knock it off. At a certain point, is there that sort of moment with Donald Trump and these trials and these orders? These are not don't talk about the case. These are don't call somebody who's going to a co-defendant. Uh, this sissy better not turn tail and state seven, something like that. This is not, this is don't, uh, this person might testify against you. Never trusted this person. This person's no good and a liar and a fraud and you should get him. I don't think he would say that, but he has said some incendiary things in the past, in the recent past. For example, just today on Truth Social, Eric Nelson from my publisher, he's the guy who got me to write my book, uh, retweeted this. He says, good thing this isn't a subliminal or coded message telling his followers massively uh, escalate worst in the nation giant murder wave. It's being sarcastic, but what did Trump say? He said, quote, Governor Kemp of, I don't know why he's going after Brian Kemp. Even if I mean, I get Donald Trump is trying to make... I don't actually get it. I don't get it. Sounds like a, a crybaby. But Brian Kemp doesn't have the ability... He's one of, I think, two governors in the country that don't have the ability to pardon. So there's literally nothing Brian Kemp could do if he wanted to. But he says, Governor Kemp of Georgia is fighting hard against the impeachment of the crooked, incompetent, and highly partisan DA of Fulton County, Fannie Willis, who has allowed murder and other violent crimes to massively escalate. Crime in Atlanta is the worst in the nation. She should be impeached for many reasons, not just the witch hunt. I did nothing wrong. Willis should focus on out-of-control murder, not I will get Trump, over a perfect phone call. He's never had a phone call that was anything less than perfect. Georgia does not deserve this giant murder wave. 
It's just bizarre. Why are you doing this? Why do you keep kicking the hornet's nest? Of course, Fannie Willis is getting death threats. I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for Fannie Willis, but it is problematic that the president of the United States either doesn't know or does know and doesn't care that tweets like this will cause more death threats. That's counterproductive. It may actually cause somebody to do something horrible. Nobody wants that. And the president would not benefit from that in any way, shape, or form. In fact, quite the opposite. At a certain point, your inner monologue has to go, you know what, I could, but I'm not going to. I could, but I shouldn't. At a certain point, don't you do that? Also, Fannie Willis, for as horrible as she is at the job, and I'm sure she's absolutely terrible at this job, was elected. You can't go around talking about stolen elections and threats to democracy if you're saying that somebody, because they're coming after you, needs to be thrown out of office. This is why I go back to what I said before and what I'll say throughout. The best way, the only way out of this for Donald Trump is through. Through. Straight through. Go through this. Take these charges, which are largely bogus, and Beat the hell out of him in court. And you may well lose with a jury. I get that. You may well lose with a jury. That's just kind of the way the world works and the jury system is flawed, etc., etc. But once you get to the appeals process, once you take it out of the hands of the jury, especially in a place like Washington, D.C. or Atlanta, where the odds are stacked against you naturally, then you have a much better chance. Then you have a much better better circumstance. You have federal judges. You have state judges that are not juries. Yes, they're Republican. And we've got to get past this thing. of This is a so-and-so appointed judge. And we need to get through that by, I don't know, maybe finding some fair judges. It's always the Republican judge who does something that's against the Republican orthodoxy. They, they side with the Democrat. There's never a Democrat judge who sides and says, you know what, this is garbage. This is garbage. We need to do something. Just point it out. But the best hope for Donald Trump, and if Donald Trump really wants to win, and if Donald Trump really wants to win the general election, imagine the boost he would get if he either beat one of these charges or he has the case thrown out for cause after being railroaded in a jury trial because of jury. Just think of it. He can sit there and say witch hunt, witch hunt, witch hunt all you want. You win and you've got ammunition. You've got your ammunition to say witch hunt, to prove witch hunt. That would be the way to go. I don't know that you... That you can, that you do it in the smartest, best way. But I think that if you follow the advice of your... He's paying his lawyers, I assume, a bunch of money. I assume he's actually paying them. At a certain point, you've got to start listening to them. Don't you? Instead of trying to... He's trying to delay. His lawyers have tried to delay the case in, I think, Washington, D.C. until 2026, which just isn't going to fly. It makes people think, and you can be mad at me all you want. I just don't care. But if you're sitting there and you're saying, we need to put this off past the election, past the, the first year, past into the second year, we need to put this off for three years. 
it doesn't look like you're an innocent man. Now, maybe an innocent man, and maybe the smart legal play, I'm not a lawyer, isn't to say, all right, let's go to court. Let's see what you got. These charges are bogus, but this, these charges are as bogus as they seem. I think a good lawyer would be able to get you out of them even before you get to a trial. You make such a, a damning case that you either get dismissed even by a liberal judge or you lay the groundwork and show the cards to the point that you you pretty much guarantee you've, you've, you're going to win on appeal. And a lot of judges will say, all right, well, they're going to win on it. They're going to win eventually. Let's just get this out of here. Let's, I don't want to be embarrassed by this. I don't know. We'll see. In other news, though, he won't be at the debate on Wednesday, which will give everybody an opportunity to smack him around and see how that goes. In other news, Vivek Ramaswamy is now, since he's moved, they always say he's moved up in the polls. The polls are ridiculous. The polls don't mean anything this far away. And everybody bubbles up. You remember Herman Cain had his day. How many people last time had their day when things were going up? Oh, everything's coming up roses. And then like people looked at them or like Gloria Allred lied about the people. They just attacked. And whatever happened to those women that were demanding justice against Herman Cain? They never went after Herman Cain. I understand Herman Cain has since passed, but they never went after Herman Cain. They never went for their... They were going to not rest until they got their justice. And then they never went after their justice. It's so weird. That same sort of thing is going to happen again. This field is very large. People will pop up. They'll get a little spike because a couple of people who got a polling phone call had just watched a speech by somebody or were at an event where somebody spoke. And they're like, oh, this is great. This Let's do this. I like this guy now. And so Ramaswamy's getting his moment in the sun. And Ramaswamy is then getting the look-see that your moment in the sun gets you. And it turns out that Ramaswamy is, well, he's Ramaswamy. I always thought the guy was a bit of a con man. Comes out of nowhere, hires a PR firm to get him on Fox. It's a testament really to the the gullibility of Fox producers. They just, oh, this guy is, book him, let's book him, let's book him. And then they... Fox kind of adopted him. They got his book to sell, and he was out there on TV. His subsequent books haven't really sold all that well. It's interesting. But uh, this, the Law and Liberty blog, have uh, dug into and looked into his past. Uh, Let's see. Third, this is from a piece about Ramaswamy and his book. Third, to confront multi-generational wealth, Ramaswamy embraces inheritance taxes as a way to, quote, save meritocracy from degenerating into aristocracy, end quote. Ramaswamy flirts with a suggestion by Thomas Piketty and Emmanuel Says, S-A-E-Z, to set the optimal inheritance tax rate in the United States at 59%, 59% of death tax of 59%. Can you be this progressive and still consider yourself a conservative? This is, by the way, from his book, A Nation of, or Nation of Victims, Identity Politics and the Death, uh, Identity Politics, the Death of Merit and the Path Back to Excellence. Now, how does that jive with what a conservative would say? He says, lest you hope, as I did, this is the author there, at the Law and Liberty blog, as I did, that he might eventually walk back that number, he doubles down 
the book. Quote, if anything, I'd take the figure Piketty and says, Piketty was the, uh, he's a socialist French uh, economist. He made a stink. I forget what the hell his book was called, but he had a big best-selling book. It was like almost a textbook, but the left adopted it because it was Rachel Maddow had highlighted it and they're nothing if not lemmings. So to cite Piketty is a bit weird. If any, quote, if anything, I'd figure, I'd take the figure Piketty and says arrive at as a minimum. We shouldn't allow people to become billionaires just by having rich parents. Just by having rich parents. I'm not sure if Vivek Ramaswamy's kids could be reached for comment, but one has to assume that they would not be particularly happy about a quote like that, right? Don't you think? <laughs> I just love, I love it because he's not. I'm sure he's going to come up with an excuse, just like he said that he wasn't ready to believe that the federal government wasn't necessarily involved with 9/11. He's not going to believe the government story that they weren't involved in 9/11. Like, okay, wait a second, wait a second. He doesn't quite cross the line of being a truther. But damn, he gets up there to the point that uh, his shadow is fully over the other side. Fully over the other side. Just saying. ABC News reports that, uh, well, again about Vivek Ramaswamy. This is the problem with it's peaking too soon and peaking at all that suddenly especially if you are not the wanted candidate, the media builds you up and then knocks you down. Because they can't knock you down if they didn't build you up. If you're sitting at 3% in the polls, it doesn't matter. If you go from 3% to 8% in the polls, then suddenly they go, oh, he's on the move. Let's look at him. Now we can take him down. They put you back to 3% or 2%, and then you've suffered a collapse, even though you really didn't suffer a collapse. You just, just actually suffered a blip in the other direction. CBS or ABC News has a piece, Wanting to be famous, colon, how Vivek Ramaswamy sought podcast stardom prior to the White House run. Huh. In that, trust me, there's very few people who will get famous from podcasts, and most of them are bad people. Ramaswamy pitched himself as ABC News. Ramaswamy pitched himself as a candidate who could make serious waves in the Republican primary at the meeting. When met with some skepticism, Ramaswamy argued that his candidacy could also dissuade Florida Governor Ron DeSantis from entering the race, according to a source who was on the call. In the lead-up to his announcement, Ramaswamy would tell several other conservative activists that he believed that if he ran, it could stop DeSantis from running or impact his viability as a candidate if he did enter the race, sources said. So does he want to be president of the United States or does he want to be a cabinet official? Uh, does he just want attention? Does he just want to be famous? He's rich. Does he just want to be famous? I don't know, but I don't trust this guy. I never did because he always has an answer that is a word. It's he tosses word salads. Now, they're very nice ingredients in the word salads. They sound good, but when you really think about them, they're ultimately meaningless. They're platitudes. They're 30,000-foot views. They're not much different than you'd get out of AOC at a semi-coherent moment or anything like that. So I just, I, I've never been impressed with Vivek Ramaswamy. 
And I don't know that I ever will be. That being said, if he somehow wins the Republican nomination, I'll certainly vote for him. He's better than Joe Biden, but being better than Joe Biden is, well, A, not hard, and B, not helpful. We need better than that. Lastly today, the woke mob took a classic. They're trying... They ruin everything. Liberals will ruin everything eventually. Most things they'll ruin more quickly than others. UK Daily Mail. It is one of Queen's best love songs, but Fat Bottom Girls has been mysteriously dropped from the group's new greatest hits collection. The 1978 track, which was written by guitarist Brian May, has been enjoyed by generations of fans as a humorous and hard-rocking tribute to a young man's appreciation for fuller-figured ladies. But 45 years later, it appears that the lyrics as such as, quote, left alone with big fat fanny, she was such a naughty nanny, big woman, you made a bad boy out of me, and fat bottom girls are going to make my rocking world go round, have been hit by the cancel culture of wokeness. It is such a popular hit for Queen that it appeared fourth on the band's original 1981 Greatest Hits album, along with Bohemian Rhapsody, Don't Stop Me Now and We Will Rock You. But last week, it was nowhere to be seen when Universal Records announced they would be releasing a version of the record on Yoto with a new audio, a new audio platform aimed at young people. Fat Bottom Girls is gone. Fat Bottom Girls is a great song. Queen is an underrated band. Although I will say, my personal privilege, yes, We Will Rock You is a great song, but if We Will Rock You isn't followed up by We Are the Champions, it was released as a two-sided, I think both were A-sides. If you don't immediately on the radio or whatever go from We Will Rock You to We Are the Champions, it feels cheap. That, that just that little beat in between and then as I've paid my dues, that needs to come in. They all, we should, you know what? Question number one for the Republican debate, and I, it's probably too late for Tucker to ask Trump this, but it should be federal law mandating that those two songs be played together all the time. That's what should be. That doesn't unite the Republican Party Hell, if that doesn't unite the country, then this ain't the country I grew up in. Anyway, enough of that. Congratulations to, let me pull up the name here, Cokehead, William Hendrick. William Hendrick, you won the signed Koch Brothers book, one Koch Brother book. Uh, Your name was drawn by the kids. That means that Mike Lee returns, and this is pretty cool. This one uh, I mostly grabbed because it was already out of the box. But it, the book is called Wake of the per, Perdido Star. Wake of the Perdido Star. A novel of shipwrecks, pirates, and the sea. It's by Daniel Lenahan, L-E-N-I-H-A-N, and his co-author. You may know his co-author, Mr. Gene Hackman. That's right. Gene Hackman, author. He went on to be an author, but Gene Hackman is a um, Oscar-winning actor. Let's see what he did. Gene Hackman has always had a yearning to write. Growing up in Danesville, Illinois, he spent time at his grandfather's small newspaper office and accompanied his uncle, a reporter, on assignments. After service in the Marines, 
Gene began an acting career in the theater, then went on to star in such movies as Bonnie and Clyde, The French Connection, The Conversation, and Unforgiven. He is a winner of two Academy Awards, two times, two times, love you two times, Gene. Academy Award, Gene Hackman, he's in his 90s, he's still out there going strong, he's not acting anymore, but he's, he's still out there. It's signed by both of them. It could be yours if my kids draw your name. Go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. It even comes with a uh, certificate of authenticity. Let's see, this also signed. There's a picture of him signing the book on October 22nd, 1999 at Borders Books in Falls Church, Virginia. And there he is signing the book. So you get all that. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter locals.com. Sign up, support the program, five bucks a month, and uh, somebody's going to win one of these books. The other one is Mike Lee. You can find all about it at those websites. That is it for today. Appreciate you listening. I'll see you tomorrow. You can email me, Derek Allen, under gmail.com. Tell me how wrong I am about everything. Knock yourself out. Have fun. I'll see you tomorrow.